if the person who invented the calculator didn't use a calculator, could he then be considered the calculator? No, 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 no. Yes. Inception. <laughs> this feels like the same thing as finding out that computer used to be a job title, like secretary, mm-hmm. and that it was almost always mm-hmm. women. Like, women are computers. Mm-hmm. Then people are like, they're too emotional. We are the computer. I had deja vu about a conversation about Inception today. So, ooh, <laughs> Inception. I am not emotionally prepared to consider <laughs> that deja vu. <laughs> it was just about Inception, the concept, not the movie. Still. Mm-hmm. Even more so. My name is Heidi, and my therapist laughed at me when I told her how many planets I have in Scorpio. My name is Rory, and I will be spending the summer with sorority girls and dead bodies. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead. So, in all of the years that I've read and obsessed with Narnia, I had not considered what would happen if you stayed behind in London. Yeah. In the concrete details. (laughs) And like all those, the Pevensies were very pretty. Of course they were chosen. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to talk about a book that deep dives into all of the people that didn't get to leave London during the London Blitz. Mm -hmm. What is the title, might you ask? Everyone Brave is Forgiven. By Chris Cleave. Also, what a title. Yeah. Like literally just when I got this recommendation from Dr. Clark, thank you, um, I was like, well, whatever it's about, I have to read it. Because yeah. it's called Everyone Brave, Brave is, is Forgiven. Forgiven. I mean, ugh. It's on the same level as Let the Great World Spin. Yeah. As a book title, just yeah. Civil War Land and Bad Decline. Just wow. A good title, man. Hitting it all. Judging books by their covers. Thank Completely. you, Chris Cleave. <laughs> 100%. All the time. Every ugh. time. Yes. Almost Famous Women. Yet another book title that deserves an award just for the title. Yep. Um, this back is useless, but let's read it anyway. Mm-hmm. The day war is declared, Mary North leaves finishing school unfinished, goes straight to the war office, and signs up. Young, bright, and brave, Mary is certain she'd be a marvelous spy. When she is bewilderingly made a teacher, she finds herself defying prejudice to protect the children her country would rather forget. Tom Shaw finds that he will do anything for Mary North. But he decidedly ignores the war until he learns his roommate Alistair Heath has unexpectedly enlisted. And when Mary and Alistair meet, it is love as well as war that will test them in ways that they could not have imagined, entangling three lives in violence and passion, friendship and deception, inexorably shaping their hopes and dreams. Set in London during the years of 1939 to 1942, when citizens had slim hope of survival, much less victory, Everyone Brave is Forgiven features little-known history and a perfect wartime love story, inspired by the real-life love letters between Chris Cleave's grandparents. I have never read that last sentence, oh my gosh! Thankfully, okay, while you're recovering, the characters are not necessarily based on his grandparents, but the letters are based on their letters? even better it's so much better it's so good Ah. when you get to the author's note because surprise rory didn't quite finish the book although she got way past the part that you have to read to understand Mm -hmm. everything that happens like i would say the last hundred pages are basically the part where it's like they're the denouement in the sense like everything follows everything Mm -hmm. that needs to happen 
has already happened. Mm-hmm. And now the war is making decisions for people. Yeah. Um, rather than people actually doing anything mm-hmm. by, that, by that point. When you get to the author's note, it's real cute. Mm-hmm. Just Makes sense. throwing that out there. So how would you describe our four main characters? Because there are four, and this back indicates three. I know. It's it's rude. Actually, five, because Zachary is definitely a main character. Zachary oh, yeah, Lee. Yeah, yeah, Zachary. Nobody be talking about Zachary in this back cover. Uh, whoever wrote How this rude. back cover, I don't think it was Chris Cleave. No. Just knowing Chris He would have had Zachary Lee in there. Or, you know, the other main yeah. character, Hilda. Hilda. I would like to describe Mary North in one single sentence. The Go first for it. sentence. War was declared at 11.15, and Mary North signed up at noon. I would like to describe Alistair in one sentence, not the first sentence. Or this is Alistair's, uh, Alistair's thought that gives you everything you need to know about him. The invasion of Poland was terrible, of course, but at least it was an event that had taken place outside of everyone's boots. <laughs> because apparently like the worst part one. of being a soldier is actually the blisters, and yep. I believe it. Uh, yeah. You know, I believe it. Just the first few pages where Alistair is introduced, he is literally sewing up a dead cat to leave his friend. The cat's name is Caesar. Oh, Caesar. (laughs) Uh, Yep, it's kind of the best. Now, we've described the two main characters, Alistair and Mary. They're, the t- they're kind of, I would say, the two primaries. Mm-hmm. But this book is about two pairs of friends. I think more than it's about two... Yeah, 100%. Like, it's more about the two pairs of friends than it is about the couple falling in love, which makes the love story so much more palpable. Yeah. Like, let's just get that right out in the open. So Mary's oh, yeah. best friend is Hilda. And Hilda is described as kind of pretty plain. Mm-hmm. Like, she's on the pretty side of plain or the plain side of pretty. Right. Um, and then Tom... Tom Shaw, Alistair's BFF, who is also his flatmate, uh, is described as the kind of person that makes you take a second look, but you're not 100% sure why. Yeah. Like, he not fine, fine, but he fine. Yeah. But he fine. Yeah, and he's a little too serious for his own good. Yeah. Tom is sort of your quintessential post-grad mm-hmm. ne'er-do-well. Yeah. Uh, who's not actually bad. Like, he's too yeah. lazy to be a proper ne'er-do-well. Yeah. And Alistair, uh, before the war, manages my absolute favorite museum in London, or is it mm-hmm. one of the junior curators? Excuse yeah. me. So really, you knew as soon as as soon as I read that Alistair worked at the Tate, I was like, whoever this oh, guy yes. is, I'm following him. Yeah. See, it was just the first scene between Alistair and um, uh, Tom mm-hmm. is excellent. Just their conversation and their banter is excellent. Uh I'll find this very particular quote in which I mean. I would like to find a uh, a Hilda quote. It's difficult to explain Hilda because everything she does is the opposite of what I expect her to do in every scene. And it's because we're looking at her through Mary's eyes mm-hmm. most of the time. Or Alistair. Mm-hmm. Both of whom are not the most sympathetic lookers. No. Uh, I hope you don't mind a gate crasher, said Hilda, managing to smile effervescently and look perfectly worried both at once. <laughs> it was a feat that at another time Alistair knew he would have found endearing. Oh. Oh. Chris Cleave's grasp of the English language. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Here. These are two two quotes while Tom is talking about 
Mary mm-hmm. to Alistair. Mm-hmm. And this is Alistair speaking. Uh, so this first part is from Tom. And he says, Caesar pronounces before learning that Mary is jolly well att- attractive. And uh, Alistair says, then why is she interested in you? I'm surprised you show up on her retina. This is Mary's first description of Tom to Hilda in response to that. Mm -hmm. No, really, Tom is lovely. What's he like? Thoughtful, interesting, compassionate. Those are all English words for ugly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Not at all. He's tall with soft brown eyes. He's quite gorgeous, and I don't think he has any idea, which is sweet. Don't forget, you only care because he can offer you a job. Mm -hmm. I love their conversations, especially in the beginning. They're so good at banter. They're so good at banter. Yeah. It's hard to write banter. I'd just like to get that out there. So 10 points to Cleve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, So this quote is the first one that I highlighted. It's on page 131 because I was thinking I was going to read this book and then pass it along. So I didn't want to make any markings in it. I was just taking pictures and whatever. And this mm-hmm. is the quote that I decided, nope. <laughs> You're keeping this forever? Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, nope, I'm highlighting this. But what good is it to teach a child to count if you don't show him that he counts for something? Oh. I'm like, yep, good. okay. <laughs> oh, now I had an unfair advantage because I've read a different Chris Cleave book, which I'm desperately hoping we get to do on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's two wonderful quotes from page one. Mm-hmm. London, then. It was a city in love with beginnings. Mm. Any moment now it would start, this dreaded and wonderful thing, and could never be one without her. I love baby mm. Mary. Oh, I just love Mary. She's so great. She's excellent. Ugh. This is one of the best descriptions of being a young adult I've ever heard, ever. Mm. Of course it was that. She hated being 18. The insights and indignations burned through one's good sense like hot coals through oven gloves. So this was why London still teemed with children while London's due stood vacant with 300 halfpenny portions of monkey nuts and their little twists of newspaper waiting unsold and forlorn in the kiosk. Mm. The headmistress took her eye off the ranks of children for a moment. She fixed Mary with a look rich in charity. Remember you're on our side now. You know, the grown-ups. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. It Thanks. doesn't like it. <laughs> Ooh, this is something um, uh, Mary says to Alistair. A day is exactly the wrong length of time to be oneself in, don't you think? The Leading up to it, I should just say the whole thing. Mm. If there had been more time or less, it all would have been easier. If it's an hour, one can say what one likes. If it's a year, one can be what one likes. A day is exactly the wrong length of time to be oneself in, don't you think? Oh, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the very worst. Oh, yes. Hilda knew perfectly well that Mary was already suspected by her mother of dalliances. This was typical her, baiting the most exquisite trap and then springing it while seeming to have most of her mind on her meatloaf. <laughs> this is what's so fun, is this book focuses on Mary North, who is upper-class class debutante, yep. and Hilda, her best friend, also upper-class debutante. Yep. Mary finds herself teaching all of the kids that literally the countryside turns away because yeah. they're not good enough for the country. So 
This is what the Narnias don't tell you, is that not every child who got evacuated actually got chosen yeah. by anyone to be taken yeah. in. So Mary ends up teaching kids who've been crippled by polio, kids with mm-hmm. uh, mental problems. One child who it is indicated was severely abused in the yeah. country because yeah. she was too cute and pretty, like a Lolita problem. Yeah. It real bad. Yeah. And uh, then the black kids who are left in London. Mm-hmm. Because and then it's just some kids that their parents were like, no, I want them back here with me. Ugh, it feels like the anti-vax crowd of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what I was saying. Right? Anti-vac. Anti-vac. What's great is that Mary and Hilda are bantering and the beginning of the novel their banter is very about boys and cigarettes Mm -hmm. and whatever and as it goes on they're keeping up this banter as they become ambulance drivers and are trying to help people Uh get out of the rubble like they never lose their yeah their kind of fencing and it is it is gallows humor but it's also like that mental sharpness of being able to fence verbally yeah it's the best i just i this is the one of my favorite parts that I had to get like look up and tell my friend about that was sitting near me because I'm like oh my gosh it's just this book is so like proper and set in a different time Mm -hmm. but also such like it feels like someone talking in front of you like it doesn't feel distant like some books about like super er like like earlier times do yeah yeah like about like these times do like, it felt like something that could have been happening in front of me, and I still would have been like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, was all that about Je- uh, Jeffrey St. John? Why would you imagine it was about Jeffrey St. John? Well, I admit I might have I might have slightly, go on, have slightly what? Have slightly kissed him at the, at the Queen Sh- Charlotte's Ball, where he was there as... As your escort for the night? Fine. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Because apparently you st- you're you still jolly well, fu- jolly furious. So it would seem <laughs> that it's just pure, like, there's so many points where I'm like, oh my gosh, they're all so proper while talking about something that is not proper. Like, he had surrendered into glass vials, one fluid ounce of urine, and one of venous blood, and both had been aside and found to be as suitable as such fluids could be. <laughs> like, <laughs> the clean. Man, just say the clean. <laughs> oh, okay. And then on the other hand, we have Alistair, who's stationed on Malta, who's fencing with his friend Simonson. Mm-hmm. The men will loathe us if any of the poor bastards are left. The men don't hate officers. It is the men's function to hate us. The fact that you don't understand it only shows your lack of breeding. Alistair grinned. Simonson turned the ignition. My brother won't be called up and England won't change. It was built with its blocks the same as this damned island. When they reuse the rubble, you will see that it can only fit back together one way. I bet you five I will bet you five pounds that England is different after the war. Oh, spare us. <laughs> uh, They're uh, so fun. It's just all like all of the people are just so intelligent and cool they really are like they're so interesting 
And some writers can only do dialogue and some can only do action. Yeah. And and like deep thought. But this is a great moment that I can't yeah. say what's happening precisely mm-hmm. during it because it would be, it's such a powerful scene. Uh-huh. Um, and it's one of the best quotes that you can take out of context mm-hmm. and still understand. This is Mary's uh, thinking, Mary's thoughts. Of course, nobody ever really died. Life lingered. Every breath would persist forever, written in the clay of the city. And given that this was so perfectly obvious, it suddenly seemed imponderable that the enemy would make the effort to pack high explosive into a metal casing, fight it through the defending fire, and drop it from 20,000 feet over a city of immortals. (laughs) Hmm. Because yep. London never dies. Oy. It's true. You can <laughs> do so much to London without it dying. Never, ever dies. No. A city that gets rid of the plague by burning itself down on yep. accident <laughs> is not going to be scared of the Germans. <laughs> no, 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 no. However, as Mary North points out abundantly at the time, London was scared of black people. Mm-hmm. And as Chris Cleave points out, London is now scared of admitting that. Yeah. Because apparently these awful, super racist minstrel shows, Mm -hmm. which are white people in black face and black people in white white face. face. It's awful. The worst. It it is the worst. As Mary puts it, I didn't realize the joke would be so much on them. Yeah. These minstrel shows persisted till the 70s. Oh, my. With a zero. Like, this was... These did not go away right away. Yes. Yeah. Rory's jaw dropped and also her book. And that was my reaction reading it. Uh. That's horrifying. And it's horrifying that, um, that, that I didn't know that because I'm really interested in history. And yeah. I don't feel like I've been neglectful in my studies. Although, no. of course, there's always more to learn. But what the crap, man? Yeah. You figured that would be up there. Nope. That would be right out there. Just there. Nope. Uh, the thing is, America likes likes to pretend that it is no longer racist, and England likes to pretend that it was never never racist. racist yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> when in fact both have been and continue to be racist. Yep, like both are incorrect. <laughs> like mother, like daughter. <laughs> uh, I just this is one quote. Mm. The Germans were inflexible in their fury. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, this quote makes my whole heart hurt mm-hmm. because it it sums up like at the same time romanticism and imperialism mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way that makes your heart ache and also in a way that like at it what I love about Chris Cleave is that if you take a wide-eyed optimist view of it his works are heart li- like lift lift you up and like make your heart ache yeah. and if you take a cynical view of it it does the same thing yeah one could always imagine that one's life though smoldering in parts might be undamaged in the west oh mm-hmm. dang oh dang um listeners in case you're wondering about chris cleave's work this is his first work of historical fiction mm-hmm. but all of his books deal with as far as i can tell england and their problem with racism Ugh. Yep. Specifically toward black people, but also apparently toward everyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, his thing is to find where English propriety breaks down into hypocrisy uh-huh. and then write an entire novel about it. Yep. He's a baller. It's so good. I described his works to Rory to try to pitch this book as bougie Gaddis, like bougie Ryan Gaddis. 
And it's not great, uh, but I feel like I'm willing to stick with that description. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't both? I hope both of you guys are complimented. If either it is of you are listening, a high compliment to both. Yeah, like it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a good thing. They're great. I was brought up to believe that everyone brave is forgiven, but in wartime, courage is cheap and clemency out of season. This realization that the world was already staffed with people and that one was not particularly needed. Oh, perhaps this was what it was to grow up. This realization that the world was already staffed with people and that one was not particularly needed. Oh, bud. Oh, bud. Oh, I love this. It's near the end. It's March 1942 when the Americans have finally decided to join the party. Right. (laughs) Say that again in your accent, said a lieutenant who had asked Mary for directions. She did, and it made both of them laugh. To discover that one had an accent was quite unexpected and wonderful. (laughs) That was my mom. (laughs) No, that was me when somebody told my like me that they liked my mom's accent. I'm like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I didn't realize until like the fourth grade that she had an accent. My mother's from New Zealand. She has an accent. She has an accent. For us. Didn't realize (laughs) until the fourth grade when someone pointed it out. The problem with my parents letting me watch all of the televisions is that I will slip into whatever accent I'm listening to. Yeah. So I do have an accent, but it changes. Mm -hmm. It's a problem because uh, I work in a store where sometimes people of several different accents will be in at once. And I'm like, I've got to hold whatever line I started with. Yep. I just have two last quotes. The people looked through him. Some grinned. It was a bad sign that there were no women or infants in the crowd. It was a bad sign. Evil made warning ripples. <laughs> and then uh, the last one. This was something about the war that d- they did not warn one of. That death was an illness of the living. A cumulative poison. Ooh, mm, nice. Mm. I have one last quote as well. And I-, I wanted to save this one for last because... Um, Everything feels kind of dark right now. Mm-hmm. Like, in America? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, in this room and America. <laughs> Everything feels a little bit dark. And I wanted to to read this quote from Mary, who is now teaching her group of misfits. Um, and I know we didn't talk much about Zachary, because he is interweaved through the entire novel. Yeah. Um, but Zachary Lee is the young African-American, actually, who's living in London, who yeah. gets married to all of these places. Um, yeah. But he's such a delight. And so oh, I want he's so, yeah. I love him. He, our little <laughs> dyslexic mis- minstrel son. I know. I'm like, no, he's like, you just want to yell. He's dyslexic. He's dyslexic. But everybody's like, no, nah, he's just stupid. And, like, and then Mary's dyslexic. like, I think he has word blindness. And I'm yeah. like, it's old oh, word for dyslexia. Like, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. This is the quote that I, I want to live like this a little bit. She loathed the way the newspapers printed maps with the stark Nazi symbol on a field of plain white as if Hitler had sent armies of erasers. Better to crowd the swastikas in to have them jostle for space. She drew them deliberately crooked. Her swastikas were degenerates that leaned at sickly angles and resembled one another vaguely, the offspring of first cousins who had married against the family's advice. When I read that, the last sentence was just, ooh. 
I love it because she's yeah. drawing a map of Europe and she leaves the old borders in and draws mm-hmm. symbols to represent different countries like uh, Paris and yeah. Denmark. Not Denmark, sorry. Uh, Holland. I was yeah, thinking yeah. of the Dutch. Yeah, uh, Holland. And and each time she does it, she puts this little swastika yeah. to show that Hitler's gotten there. But gosh darn it, he's going to leave. Yep. And that's what I care about. And it about. will remain Paris or it will remain... It will yeah. remain Amsterdam. It yeah. will remain. Yeah. Because London remains London. Yeah. Mary's just excellent. <laughs> as long as everyone forgiven is brave. Mm-hmm. I oh. read that line. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone brave is forgiven. Fantastic novel about World War II. And America's part in World War II, if you live in America, has kind of been beat to death mm-hmm. um, in books and stories and yeah. video games and everything. And it's awesome. Like, it's a very co- interesting history, and yeah. I recommend studying it. Yeah. But this book is a great bit of history that is just not talked about because yeah. in the timeline, it's a blip. Yeah. But for the people who lived through it, it's important. And yes, it's very. important to remember that. Um, and it's important to me personally to remember uh, how and why yeah. we we see what we see historically and, and how and yeah. why what panned out did. And this is a very, it, it made a lot of other history that I know that happened afterward make more sense understanding yeah. this. Yeah. Also, the fact that the royal family did not evacuate because if London couldn't evacuate wholesale, the royal family wouldn't leave. Now I understand why that was important. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, Oxford saying, no, you can't borrow our box to Parliament. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, We have matching boxes and we need to borrow yours. It's for the war. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Get out. Get a different box. <laughs> find another one. <laughs> oh, I love this book because it's just like very serious but also like oh my gosh, everybody stop being so polite. <laughs> like it really just, is. <laughs> so like and even when they're being rude, it's like witty and kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's so different and so like funny. And also while reading this book, I just Man, it's crazy that we can just look at words and see pictures. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just astounded by that fact mm-hmm. <laughs> on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Oh. Language is, biz- is a bizarrely powerful thing. It just blows me away. Human brains, man. I mean, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not, I'm never ready. I'm never ready. But, like, it just took these words and, like, made a picture. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I love the picture. It's just weird how you can see both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this book is full of very small acts of rebellion in service of the war effort. Like, mm-hmm. it's about forgiveness primarily and how, like, forgiveness is courageous, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of obvious from the from the title. And also, like, that's what the author was kind of trying to do. Now, right. I don't believe that authorial intent is a priority, but mm-hmm. it is nice to know, like, from a framework perspective. If we take the same idea, or when we were tossing around, like, what movie can we compare this to a little bit? Mm-hmm. Across the Universe. Oh, The 100%. 2005 Julie Taymor genius work. So if you've not seen it, it's a Beatles musical. Mm-hmm. There. That's the selling that's point. That's it. <laughs> take However, it. <laughs> um, it's set in the 1960s, mm-hmm. and uh, a British illegal immigrant who comes over to find his American father gets caught up in these 
bougie Americans' yeah. lives, starts dating the sister, and the brother gets drafted and sent to Vietnam in New York yep. City. And that, there you go. Yeah, Watch there the movie. you go. That's the main reason why I connected it to this book because mm-hmm. I was just kind of thinking about like Tom and how he was kept being like, no, but I should get involved. And Mary's like, no, you shouldn't. Yeah, you are involved. <laughs> you know, you are by doing your job <laughs> yeah. that you currently have. He's yeah. Like, no. <laughs> you know what my connection point was? Was Lucy to yeah. Mary. Like yeah. Lucy and yeah, Mary that's feel exactly, like the same person. That's the, yeah, that's what I meant. And that was the main clicking point oh, where yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, same. Also, um, Alistair and Jude feel very similar yeah. in the sense that Jude, who is the, the British guy, kind of keeps stumbling into yeah. these things. And like he keeps almost or doing the right thing, but like yeah. just barely. Just <laughs> um, barely. Same with Max, Lucy's brother. Yeah. But but they're both. And there's this great. Max is not Tom. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 not at all. No, 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 no. If anything, Max is Hilda. Oh my gosh, that's excellent. That's <laughs> excellent like casting. It. Also, Lucy's first boyfriend is Tom. Yeah. One hundred percent. Oh, one hundred. And it's the same relationship. Yeah. Anyway. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> um there's this scene in Across the Universe where they rep- where Lucy reprises Jude's version of revolution. Mm-hmm. Um and she reprises it with just a piano at this riot where she gets trapped in a telephone booth and they're shooting beanbags and rocks and there's, you know, dogs and it's, it's nasty. Mm -hmm. And you just hear Lucy singing. It's going to be all right. And she's just hung up on her mom. Who's like crying and worried about her back home. Mm -hmm. And that was the scene that made me like, that was the first scene that came to mind when I was reading. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone brave is forgiven is, is the scene with the big, um, water scene with, Mary and Hilda made me feel like the phone booth scene. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yep, yep. Also, the way that drugs come into the war yeah. for both for both is very interesting. Yeah. Um, but Across the Universe is, a, is one of those movies that just every time I watch it, it, it feels like heart watering. Like, yeah. like my heart feels better after I've yeah. seen it. It just is like, it's like a hug from the music. <laughs> Also, Max is so funny. I love Max. All these characters, I just feel so bad for them, and I want to give them all a hug and say it's going to to be be okay. (laughs) All right? You're brave. You're forgiven. It's okay. It's It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. I'm alive. (laughs) Life goes, that was three different songs. Like, I just want to pet their hair. Also, I don't know if you've noticed this very small act of British rebellion that Jude's mom has made in naming him Jude. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> Jude is a bastard uh-huh. uh, conceived by an American who is in London, and his mom lies and says that, like, the dad was killed in the war, yeah. which is a very common thing. Like, that yeah. was a thing that everyone was saying. But she names her son Jude, who was <laughs> conceived after the liberation. Uh, yeah. Like... It's very interesting to see the ways in which, like, Mary North and her father and her mother are all yeah. scars from World War One, Yeah. And then Jude and Max and Lucy are all reacting to World War Two. Yeah. Because it's Vietnam. Yeah. Like, it's it's insane. Oh. Um, and the, and yep. the way that the way that the last century's wars, the 20th century's wars are all really just extensions of each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> like this happened and then we had a yeah. second one. 
It was really more of a part two. And it's then, really more of like a continuation, like how they we just clump all the French revolutions together and all the English all. revolutions together that are like in that time period. Yeah, you the know, War the of the Roses, revolution. singular. Yeah. War of the Roses, singular. <laughs> Charles, Excuse War me? of the Roses, singular. singular? <laughs> Gina Linetti, spaghetti confetti. <laughs> Sorry for those of you who don't watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm just going to throw this out there. You need to do that because that's going to come it's up great. on this podcast and we are not going to have any shame about spoilers no. when it does. Like, Spoilers Ahead normally tries to rem- remember to keep the big stuff to ourselves. Yes. We will not be doing that when we get to Nine-Nine. No. Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. Across uh. the Universe is also a movie that uh, the soundtrack is spectacular. Yes, I like listen to it on a regular basis oh, all the time it's just it's so good and it's it's a bop while also being sad yeah and julie tamor for those of you who don't don't know julie tamor is also the director of broadway's the lion king mm. and she is an expert at puppetry uh-huh. and there is a musical number about getting drafted that heavily features puppets and prosthetics <laughs> like i had to wheeze into the mic for that because it oh my gosh i love that number so much it's such a good sometimes i just need to watch that number and be like okay oh i've youtubed that number (laughs) regroup reset every time i see uncle sam like any Mm -hmm. type of uncle sam picture i think of that number i love Um, the number yeah number I love that they, well, it feels like it's a musical number. Also, across the universe. I said it as in, like, number, like, a number on a number line, and not a number as in musical number. And so it was like, number? Yeah, number. Yeah, whatever. Sorry. The other thing is, across the universe feels like it could be a stage musical, but it would need to be a big budget stage musical. (laughs) Yep. In part, because they'd have to clear the Beatles. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But also. The Chimples. I am not going to ignore that. You made a that thing you do reference. I did. That is, in fact, that thing that you do do. all the freaking time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I have nothing bad to say about Across the Universe. Everyone is so pretty and sings so well. And the plot is so well crafted. Everyone is named after character names in Beatles songs. Every verse... Here's the big compliment it's just of so Across well the Universe. Through. It is. It's so like entangled and lovely. I also watched the special features because I have the DVD. Uh-huh. And it turns out that multiple times, one, the guy who auditioned for Max, ori- or got Max, excuse me, originally was auditioned for Jude. And then he, in the audition room, was like, I will read for this character, but I am Max. <laughs> and then just produced uh. an American accent on the spot, read for Max, and got cast. Yep. The other thing is that more than once, <laughs> several times, yes, it was well thought through, but part of the way they did it was organically, like uh-huh. as in, so this will be this scene where beep, 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 beep happens because it's yeah. such a good scene. I don't want to spoil yeah. it. And they're like, oh, where is that? And she's like, oh, it's not in the script yet. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yep. that's great. Also, the the characters who play the Janice Joplin and uh, Jimi Hendrix kind of type, mm-hmm. like archetypes, are actual musicians in New yeah. York. And so, like, after shooting, they would just go and watch their shows <laughs> in whatever club they were playing in. Yep. You know, because life is amazing and beautiful. Across the Universe is Rent's happier big brother, because we I think we've yeah. talked about Rent. Yeah. So just, oh, nothing bad to say about this movie. And my highest compliment Every song in the f- in the soundtrack is my favorite cover version of a Beatles song that I've heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily. Easily. Like, their cover of Blackbird, stunning. If oh. I fell, stunning. Oh. I want to hold your hand. 
Oh, Prudence is such a good character. There. I'm not. Honestly. You know what? You want fewer spikes? Pause the episode, watch across the universe, and come back to hear us talk about... And then spike with us. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, spike with us. Spike and then come back us. to hear us talk about one of the greatest pop albums of all time. Adele's 25. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yep. I mean, come on. It's so good. Also, all of Everyone Brave is Forgiven could just, you could just take scenes yep. from the book and put them scored with, hello, it's, it's me. me. <laughs> hello. Also, hello. send your love. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> send my love to yeah. you. Treat her better. Oh, it would have been so convenient if I had fallen in love with Hilda and not Mary. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, water under the bridge. He's just such a mood. Alistair's a mood. And the mood that he is is Adele's 25. Yeah. Let's just make that clear. Alistair is Adele. Yeah. Like, okay, Adele is one of those artists that I get mad at people who are like, she's overrated. Because there's... None of her songs I dislike. Like, Mm -hmm. she writes most of her own music. She just names her albums after the age she is, which I'm just like, oh, that's so clever. So good. Wow. Ugh. Like, I understand I did 23 EP, which also was, I did an EP called 23 EP, but that was specifically songs that I had written when I was 23. No, she just does it based on, like, this is when it's coming out. Yeah. What a boss. She's milked one bad relationship for, like, four Grammys. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> she has, if not the, one of the best James Bond songs ever. Uh-huh. Skyfall. Oh. Impossibly good. I totally good. forgot that was her. Oh, my gosh. Impossibly good. Oh. Just, and honestly. Wow. So down to earth in the sense that she wears a beehive and knows it. Yeah. And that is a choice that not everyone would make. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she committed to it for so many years. She committed. And I respect her for it. Honestly, I respect all of these pop artists who commit to anything but heroin. Yeah. Like, don't ugh. commit to heroin. Don't commit to <laughs> Don't commit. Not even once. Nope. <laughs> Although I did have a friend <laughs> who, who <laughs> he, he said out loud once, oh, I tried heroin. It wasn't for me. <laughs> I have commitment issues. And so it became this catchphrase, Uncle Sexy, heroin, not even twice. <laughs> yep. um, I don't want to use his name because I, I don't want to throw him under the bus. Yeah, but no. th- a, a, it's just funny. Yeah, a name that he, he was sometimes called was Uncle Sexy. Yeah. I can't explain. He's not my uncle. Mm-hmm. We didn't date. Let's just get that out there. Yeah. Ew, gross. Good. Just want to throw that out there. Nope. Sorry, wherever you are. I'm wondering if after all these years you'd like to meet. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, no. If you'd like to, please don't. <laughs> Any hoozle. Ugh. Adele. Another person I have nothing bad to say about. Yeah, except no. for her technique is not great, and that's why she had vocal surgery. Yeah. However, unsolicited advice from spoilers ahead. If you ever get a very successful piece of music, immediately hire a vocal coach. Yeah. Because, one, they will not... Like, if you hire a good vocal coach, they will not hurt your voice as far yeah. as its tone. They will only make you sound better. Yep. See also Reliant K's first album versus their second. Uh-huh. Second, 
much more importantly, they will keep you from killing your voice. Yeah. There is a reason both Sam Smith and Adele got vocal surgery, and for everything that everyone's mad about, Miley Cyrus did not. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason, and it's that one of them is a trained singer, mm-hmm. and the other two are talented, and there is nothing wrong with being a talented singer. However, Just no one... train yourself how to not break yourself. Bingo. Nobody <laughs> is talented enough to not accidentally overwork and break themselves. Yeah. No, 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 no. You have to be trained how to do that. Honestly, that is the best life advice I've ever heard. Train yourself to not, not break, break yourself. yourself. <laughs> Did I say that? Yep. Listen up, kids. <laughs> and also just the idea of, like, no matter how talented you are, you yeah. need to be trained how to not hurt yourself yeah. doing the thing you're good at. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I have nothing else to add to either of, to any of those three thoughts, which means now I get to ask you, what is your recommendation of the week? My rec of the week is kind of two things. Oh, surprise. You're doing two things, you cheater. Go ahead. (laughs) They're kind of connected. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like both Mm researchy. So first one is um, look into like, a random fact about history because they're oh, all so really good. interesting. Oh. Everything about history is really interesting. Like mm-hmm. people had to get these ideas from somewhere, and it was from history. So, nope. like, look at it because it's weird and it's fun to talk about people who are like comp- super proper and like thought of very highly at their time as just like, oh, they were so stupid. Like, it's just fun. My AP World History class is the best because we just talk about these people who were like kings and queens and they're like yeah this person was so dumb (laughs) and like I just feel so like a little more Mm self-confident because I'm like putting down this famous person from history oh yeah because they did something very wrong and I just like knowing my stuff about them like it just feels good to know stuff yeah oh yeah and to be able to like compare people to certain things because it's just it's so fun to say insult someone and they not know what it means Ooh, can i piggyback on that just Mm -hmm. a little bit double check how old people were when you learn about them in history because there is nothing funnier than realizing yeah like alexander (laughs) hamilton was 21 21. yeah yeah, yeah. everything he did makes more sense yeah like he was in his double check the history. Like he was in his midlife crisis when he wrote the Reynolds pamphlet. Yeah, like that is full blown yeah. by a Maserati and leave your wife crisis yeah, type like, of deal. Uh huh. <laughs> also, it is a well known thing, like in psychology, that people do not mature slower or faster necessarily, like mm-hmm. mentally, unless there's trauma. Yeah. But in general, like it's not like eighteen year olds used to be more mature. Yeah. They just used to have more responsibilities yeah. and also used to be more tired. But it's like. When you look at how many decisions were made by kings in their very early 20s that were uh-huh. crazy, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like, all of history makes more sense when you remember how few 40-year-olds were involved. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it, it's just nice to remember. Like, I was reading the back of uh, Clockwork Orange, which isn't related to history, but it is a book that I have seen the movie mm-hmm. and I didn't mm-hmm. quite feel like reading the book because sometimes I just don't want to. And that is fine, too. There are also so many good movie adaptations yeah. where the book is unnecessary if yeah. you've watched the movie. And you can do both and you don't have to do the book first. Every way you do things is fine. You do you, just, boo-boo. Yeah, put it out there. 
but I was reading the back and I had seen the movie. And so like, he does a lot of really bad things and he's like really like a not good person. He's like a very morally wrong person, not just doing the wrong thing, but like thinking it's good (laughs) or like having a fun time doing it. And so on the back, it says he's 15 and I'm like, Oh, I get it. (laughs) That makes more sense. But yeah, I suggest researching like history and just random facts or like reading novels about. And the second part of my suggestion is listen to music that was created around Vietnam War because it's all very good. Like I love war pigs to this day. And it was shown to me by my U.S. history teacher in the ninth grade. And I listen to it constantly. It's so good. I love it. And then Jimi Hendrix, Star Spangled Banner. I mean. Oh, <sighs> so good. <sighs> yeah. I like, I don't necessarily listen to these specific people, but like I listen to so- like these songs that were created during the Vietnam War. And hmm. then listen back to songs like Sweet Home Alabama and just like, that was incredibly racist. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. It was just yep. so fun learning. <laughs> Oh. How racist some songs were. Oh, boy. Yep. Well, also, anything that tries to make Alabama sound good yeah, has to be covering yeah. something up. Dare I say whitewashing. Oh. oh. <laughs> also, I want to get it on record that Confederate trophies are participation trophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Any Confederate yep. statue is just a participation trophy because y'all lost. Yep. Like the Nazis who lost by so much. So many. So many. Very much lost. Also, everybody knows Germany's had empires. They couldn't even yeah. hold those together for one person's lifetime. What a loser. Oh. I just needed to get that on record because yeah. this book is, the book we did this episode is so like, and eh, blame Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like every, every other page. Every other page is like, uh. <laughs> I don't care who comes out on top as long as it's not the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's like several ones where I'm like, we're not I'm. Oh no, where they're like, I hope the Nazis shoot you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's very much nonchalant. Yeah, it's oh, a good war novel. Yeah. Okay. So your wreck of the week is to listen to music about, like, written around and about yeah. the Vietnam War, and to look up random facts about history and to like study the yeah. random bits. Yeah, just look at the random bits cuz they're they're not so random and they're very interesting and intertwined. They're so interesting and intertwined. Okay. I have we're switching things up because you did a very broad wreck mm-hmm. and I am doing an ultra specific wreck. Oh dang. It is one song. Yep. Yep. This song I need to find the screenshot with all of the info in it because I I made sure I had the artist. So it's Lil Nas X Featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, Old Town Road. (laughs) So I need to give you some historical context about this. It came out last week, but a lot has happened since then. So. (laughs) Okay. So here's the story. So Lil Nas X releases Old Town Road featuring no one. Mm -hmm. And it is a perfect fusion between hip hop and country. Mm -hmm. Like lyrically, it's a country song. It's about riding horses and having cowboy hats and like. Yeah. Full-blown country. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it has a little bit of a hip-hop beat. Like, it, it's a good fusion, and it's right. fantastic. Billboard Music decides to remove the song from their billboard, because, or the country billboard, because it's not country enough. 
So in the clap back <laughs> of the century, I think the century, like, continuing, not 1919 to 2019. No, 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 no. no. Two, the, 2000 to 21. Oh, boy. <laughs> clap back of the century. Billy Ray Cyrus does a remix of it with Lil Nas X as like a slap to Billboard of like, you think it's not country enough? We dug up the embodiment, the the <laughs> freaking archetype of country, and he is singing on this song with, gonna be honest, slightly less country lines than Lil Nas's. Because uh-huh. Lil Nas has, has lines like, um, uh, what is it, like, He's talking about wearing Wranglers and uh-huh. like black cowboy boots. And Billy Ray's over here like, baby got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. And I'm like, <laughs> my oh good my sir. <laughs> Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. It's like full blown country <laughs> hip hop. And it's so good. And it's also uh-huh. like, it's a great, yet again, black people doing something right white people plagiarizing it and then locking black people out of it. Because if you think country music wasn't just as much influenced by the blues as Appalachia banjo racist over there, you got another thing coming. Oh, 100%. Everybody knows rock and roll is black people music. Uh Uh-huh. But white people, somehow, we got our claws into it. And like, ugh. So here we have just a great moment. And that is part of why that, and the Supernatural episode in which Dean Winchester says you've yeed your last haw <laughs> has brought... I'm sorry. I've seen that episode. I was just not... Expecting it? I was not it? sure if that was the episode you were referring to. I was not. It was not anywhere in my mind. I am. And that, that gif has broken through the national consciousness and become like a meme. And the thing is, this Lil Nas X... <laughs> Featuring Billy Ray Cyrus combined with the recent release of recent-ish release of that episode yep. has brought about this wonderful moment of yeehaw culture. <laughs> which I understand oh. that this is all just a tangent from my rec, which is to listen to Old Town Road. But also that gave me the opportunity when all of my middle school children at the last session of drama tutoring were talking about yeehaw culture and talking about how like you veed your last ha I got to explain that my family is all was all horse trainers as children and that I am a product of literal yeehaw and got to do the bane <laughs> voice of you came into yeehaw culture I was born of it <laughs> I will never ye my last ha and it's just, it's a great song. Also, the story surrounding it is fantastic. And like, what a banger. Yep. Not only a banger of a song, but also a banger of a clapback against hey. Billboard and a decision that I think they should have overturned faster. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping that Lil Nas releases a second remix that is just the sound of white executives crying in the background <laughs> because they lost so much money on this decision. Oh my gosh, yep. Because when you number one on iTunes, you don't care what Billboard has to say. Yep. Okay. That's that. Yeehaw! <laughs> Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP. It's okay to be sad. This podcast is produced and edited by Heidi. Both Heidi and I do pre production by reading and watching and listening to all of the things. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes and slash or become a supporter on Patreon. 
Follow along on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at spoilers underscore ahead underscore. And we'd love to hear from you. And that is the first time that I got our handle right. So yay for me. Oh, good work. I've never gotten the handle right on the first try. I'm never going to. just got it. (laughs) I was focusing so hard, you guys. Okay, yeehaw. Yeehaw never dies. It comes back. With the Billy Ray Cyrus remix. Okay, see you next time. Oi.